You're listening to Caffeine and Chaos, a podcast for moms by mom who's just taking it one day and one cup of coffee at a time. So sit back, relax, and come join me. Good morning, friends. It's Thursday. That means we only have two more days left in this work week. I don't know about you. I am loving having a kid in school. Don't get me wrong. Like, Yes, when he comes home at the end of the day, I want to hear all about his day, and I'm excited that he's home, but like, we got a little taste of it when he was in therapy two days a week at the clinic, but actually having him in a full day of school is a completely different ball of wax, and it is so nice. It's so nice. It's the break I knew I needed and hadn't gotten, and I know there are a lot of moms out there who are like, I can't believe you would say that. Mostly the the moms who homeschool and are vigilant homeschoolers. Like, I would never put my child, even in private school, homeschoolers. And I have had those comments made to me. So I'm not just coming off the cuff with that. But to each their own. And I completely, 100% support my friends who choose to homeschool. I want to homeschool someday. I think I've said that before. It's just not in the cards right now, and it is so nice to have a little bit of a break. Wyatt heads off to school in two weeks. I'm a little nervous about his school because he's going to a school on base, which is not, they're not private school, they're not public school, they're Department of Defense schools, and we've never had an experience with that, but everything we've heard about the elementary school he's going to is all good. So hopefully it stays that way. I'm also praying that we get the opportunity to pull him out of there and put him in the private school this year. We'll kind of see how that plays out. Maybe interesting, but that's my heart's prayer is that we could put both boys in private school. Um, we were incredibly blessed in North Carolina. You do not have to be a resident, but if you live in the state, you can apply for an opportunity scholarship for your kid to go to any private school. It's basically the right to have school choice. Um, which is so nice because that scholarship is paying Easton's entire tuition, which is huge because there is no way we could afford it with sitting around waiting for her checks and everything. So that has been the biggest blessing is to be able to have him in Christian school because let me tell you, we're on day four and it is so worth it already. Just the clarity of communication with his teachers, the security and safety at the school, everything that he is learning is just absolutely amazing and I'm catching myself I have to remind myself that he's only in kindergarten we've never done any like hardcore academic work at home which is fine at this point he shouldn't have had any before this and so he came home the first day with papers and you know they learned the letter I and they're learning their vowels and numbers and he did so great and then he brought home a paper yesterday and a lot of it was wrong and you could tell that like the teacher had come along and corrected him and and things like that and and I'm having to remind myself that he's five years old um I am sure every other kindergartner in that class is is learning and it was day three and I need to lower my bar of expectations because this is the first time he's seeing and hearing any of this stuff and that's okay so I, as a mom, am having to lower my expectations for my child. He's not a genius. We're not going to Harvard tomorrow, and that's okay. So this week we've been talking about being equipped. So today I wanted to talk about being equipped for the unexpected. I think this has been something that, especially the last year and a half, has been very, very predominant in my life. 
being equipped for the unexpected, whatever it is that got thrown our way. But I would say that looking back since I was 16, God has given me the opportunity to work through things like this um, and kind of learn. Growing up, I lived in a family where my dad worked five months out of the year. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. We were involved in the same things all the time. I didn't really do a lot of extracurricular activities growing up. Um, And it wasn't for lack of interest. I think it was just that we just didn't. Um, I attended private school my whole life. There was a lot of consistency. Things were always the same. Every October, my family went on vacation together to kind of put our family back together. It was just a lot of consistency. And so I did not deal with change and difference in schedules and things like that very well. And my parents would actually give me a hard time about it. Now that I'm an adult, I understand where all of that came from. And it makes a lot more sense to me. But it's humorous to me that I then ended up going away to college. I changed my major five times. I graduated a semester late, but a semester earlier than what I would have um, because I had an amazing, amazing dean of the School of Fine Arts who really hooked it up for me. And um, then I ended up marrying a guy in the military. Like, you want to talk about being prepared for the unexpected, marry someone in the military because every day is unexpected. Their work hours are never consistent. You never know where you're going to live. You never know where you're moving to. You never know if you can get a doctor's appointment. You never know if your insurance is going to work or not when you show up places. It's all kinds of unexpected things. But this last year and a half between getting Easton's autism diagnosis and then getting our tour curtailment to return to the States and then waiting around for people to do their job with that and then getting stuck in Japan and dealing with that trial and coming back to the States. We've been here for 10 months now and we're still dealing with the legal repercussions of everything that happened to us in Japan. And it's just, it's a lot. Like, it was unexpected. And I tell people all the time, one of the hardest parts of transitioning back to the States is that nobody here understands what we went through. Not that I would ever want any of them to understand, because then that would mean that they too had to have gone through the same type of thing we did, and I would never wish that on anybody. But sometimes it's hard to share the struggles and the trials and explain to people what we went through, and I've had so many people comment, like, you should just drop it, you should just get over it and move on. And part of me wants to smack these people across the face, and another part of me just wants to be like, I'm going to give you grace in this moment for saying that because you sound stupid. Um, But I'm going to give you grace because you have no idea what we've gone through. You have no idea the hell that our family lived through. And I'm so thankful that you've never experienced that. But I'm absolutely not going to drop the issue. I'm not going to stop fighting because what happened was wrong and they owe us money. And there's just a lot there. But if I could pick a time in my life where I would say that I needed to be equipped for the unexpected, it was this last year. And I was thinking about this last night. I had to go pick my mom up at the airport. Um... She is visiting for the next 10 days, which we're super excited about. And I'm getting the podcast up a little late today because we had to go run some errands and pick up a car and things this morning. But as I was driving, I was really thinking about, you know, what I wanted to talk about today and being equipped for the unexpected. And what did that, what has that really looked like in my last year and a half? And I think, especially as Christians, we have this tendency to think like, oh, you know, I've heard it so many times. Um, God will never give you more than you can handle. Um, that's not in the Bible. Excuse me. First of all, if God never gave us more than we could handle, we would never have need for him because we would be able to handle it, right? So why shouldn't God give us more than we can handle so that we are constantly having to depend on him? That's my first thought on that. Um, secondly, that's not in the Bible. So, you know, 
let's talk about that. God will always give you more than you can handle. Sometimes he'll give you a little less, but uh, he will give you more than you can handle. So don't, don't tease yourself. But being equipped to handle the more than you can handle always looks a little different. And I think there is very much this facade in Christian circles that's like, oh, wow, like, you're so brave. You're such a warrior. Like, you got through that trial and you just walked through that valley of the shadow of death with no fear. And you didn't fear any evil. And you were just, you were just so big. And here you are on the other side, thanking God for getting you through that. But are you also thanking him when you're in the trial? And I'm thankful we have a pastor who does talk about that. His family went through a very big trial um, right after we actually moved from North Carolina to go to Japan. Their uh, son got cancer. And it was really interesting to watch their family go through that trial from a different country because I didn't get to see all that the church did. I didn't get to see the church step up and you know, I'm not exactly sure what all the church did for them, but knowing our church, I'm sure they provided meals and I'm sure that they help with kids and I'm sure that they help with getting people to school and house cleaning and, and all kinds of things. I wasn't able to see that part of the church <clears throat> ministering to the pastor. I got to see what was presented on social media and I had the opportunity to minister in a different way to them through prayer. And there were times where I wished I could do more and, and sending coffee and, and things like that from so far away. And it, it broke my heart because we really, truly did love this family. We still do. Um, but watching them walk through that adversity and now watching them as a family as their son is now in recovery and he has an incredible testimony. They wrote a track as a result um, of his cancer and they've used it to minister and witness to people. And his testimony is so strong. And, and I'll tell you what, this kid... He is, he's amazing. His testimony now, he, he always has a smile on his face. He's incredibly pleasant to be around. Um, even his sisters are just, they're growing in grace. And watching our pastor and his wife grow through that has been an encouragement to me, especially when we were going through our situation in Okinawa and then coming back and, and just seeing how they grew during our time away and how they were able to then minister to our family as we got here and adjusted to Easton's therapies and adjusted to having a new baby and the way that they as a family were able to minister to us. And so I really started thinking about, you know, when I'm in the trial, am I still thanking God for that trial? Now, let me tell you, it's not easy to thank God for trials. It's not easy to say, hey God, thanks for giving my husband a false positive on a COVID test and making the doctors here total jerks and lying to our face and not letting us go home when they're supposed to let us go. And thank you that they're breaking the law and thank you that we're stuck here for 30 days in a house that's filthy and has mice and I'm pregnant and I'm sick and this is awful. And I have a child with special needs who's hurting himself because he's confused and he's hurting and this is very scary. Those were not the words that I used when we were in that situation. But I was thinking last night about, you know, how was I working to equip myself to get it through that day? And the one thing that so distinctly sticks out in my mind is that when we were in that moment, there were three things that I committed I was going to do every single day, no matter what happened. I was going to take a shower. And when I was in the shower, I would listen to worship music. And sometimes I would be in the shower listening to worship music and I would just start to pray. And sometimes the only thing I could say is, dear God. And I would just start crying. And the beauty of prayer is that sometimes we don't have the words to say, but God equips us. He equips us because he already knows and he can hear 
literally hear your heart cry. Like, isn't that amazing? Like when you're just hurting so bad and you're so overwhelmed, all you can do is just cry. Your heart is crying out. And if you know anything about anatomy and physiology, you know that the way that your body reacts to different emotions and different things is actually really incredible. And there's the heart literally responds to your emotions and to heartbreak and to sorrow and to pain and to anxiety. And God literally can hear the cries of your heart. And even in those moments where I didn't know how to pray, God already knew what I needed to say. God already knew what was on my heart, even when I couldn't put together the words because I'm human and my brain just wasn't working. And he knew, and he was equipping me to get through that day. And the second thing was that um, I would read my Bible every day. He equipped me with the energy to do that. As much as I want to say, it sounds ridiculous, we sat in the house all day, we couldn't do anything, and I had no energy. He equipped me every day to get up in the morning and read my Bible and pray first thing, even on the days where my anxiety was at an all-time high. My anxiety was the worst it had ever been. It was debilitating. And I never, ever want to experience that again. It was horrifying. But he equipped me to get through that every single day. And the third thing was that I would eat and I would take care of myself. And as silly as that may sound, when your anxiety is that debilitating, that's something that gets put on the back burner. And I was pregnant and I had children to take care of. And it was very, very scary and discouraging and depressing. My husband struggled with depression. And God equipped me to do those three things so that I could be the best that I could be in that moment. And the best that I could be was not the best I've ever been. The best that I could be was the best that I could be that day with what I was facing. But he equipped me to do that. He equipped me to care for myself, to care for my children. He equipped me to put myself in a position to continue having a healthy pregnancy. He equipped me to get through that trial and stand on the other side now, and now 10 months after the fact, to be able to think fondly of certain things. And and looking back, that's an encouragement to me because now when I have bad days... I think back to that trial and think, if God equipped me then, he's definitely going to equip me now. He's going to equip me today, right now, in this moment. There is no doubt in my mind. So today's is going to be short, but here's what I want to leave you with. God will, in fact, equip you, whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether you're in the depths of a trial or a confusing time or a change in your life. No matter what it is, he will equip you. God will not give you anything you do not ask for. So don't forget to ask him. Ask him to equip you. Even if it's those heart cries in the shower where you have no words but you have tears, God knows and he will in fact equip you. And sometimes equipping you to get through those trials isn't giving you whatever you need. You know, hey God, my truck broke and I need $7,000 to fix my truck. Well, I've been there. I've been in that position. God didn't give me $7,000 to fix my truck. You know what God did? God gave me a person who could buy my truck And then through a series of unfortunate events, we got the truck back. But God equipped us in that moment to get through that. It wasn't what we expected, but he equipped us nonetheless. God has equipped us the last 10 months to get through financial struggles where we were living paycheck to paycheck, barely making ends meet because we used everything we had to get here. And I don't say any of these things for someone to be like, wow, like you're so great. Like, let me pat you on the back. You're so brave. Or to write me a check or to make me feel better about my life. That is not why I share these things. I share these things because God is real and he is present in my life. And he has proved himself time and time again every single day. He has equipped me to be the mom that Easton needs. 
with his autism. He's equipped me to be the mom that Wyatt, Addie, and Parker need at their time in their life while they have to deal and struggle with Easton and his therapies and and getting used to different people coming in and out of our home while also living their lives and growing up. He's equipped me to be the best wife to Tyler that I can be as we're in this stage of life with the Marine Corps where he has some decisions to make about his medical and about his health and surgeries and retirement and, and all kinds of things. And sometimes he doesn't always equip me the way I think he's going to equip me, but he always does. He doesn't fail me in that respect. So as you go into today, no matter what comes your way, don't forget that God does equip you. Sometimes equipping doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like, but it doesn't mean that he's left you high and dry. So that's what I'm going to leave you with today. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.